When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, hello and welcome to the Maury and Julia Show. My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Or for those of you who are tech, uh, technology challenged like Julia. Morse code. Oh my gosh. All right. Last night I was bowling and I bowled so bad. Okay. I don't know what's happened to me. I had vacation elbow. I decided. Only when I was. It's better than drinking finger or whatever. Some of the other things that you've had over the years. Certainly better than stinky finger. 30 seconds. Yeah. The only. But you digress. The only time I like seemed to bowl well is if I was telling like I like I had a good story. Like you're, you have aggression or something. No, maybe, or? maybe, maybe, maybe. When you're maybe. not thinking about it. No, maybe, maybe stories are being told. We're waxing like we play with these position cards. So sometimes they bring okay, back. But I just want to let people sexual know who position are cards. And are they're they're string people. Right, they're yes, like stick of. people, but they still bring flashbacks and talk about who could do it and what would it do. And I want to know if anyone seesaw. else, how many people are on a bowling team? Of five, and so, we had four women and our lone guy Joe. And Joe's the guy who, for eight years, I thought he was one person, but he was two people. Oh, he's one of the brother twins. The two, they're not right. twins; they're ten years okay. apart. But for eight and years, I, I thought they were. And he's on they your were team? Yeah. Oh, Lord, <laughs> and he's a great guy, but sometimes he gets, and he, he you know, he, he's a, I don't know. Sometimes he gets a little uh, shy about some of the conversations. Larry, okay, so you're talking about the stories you have and the flashbacks and memories when you're using these and position just, cards. Yeah. Does anyone else have them besides you? Yes, Julia, right. we're, we're sharing. And, uh, oh, and like... Like the seesaw, which we decided if you'd really tried to do that one, that is the one that results in the man going to the hospital for a broken wiener because that oh. can fracture. And we saw that position. It's actually called the Mach 3, but we call it the seesaw. <laughs> and no one, Danny. including Joe, wants to do it. So that's when we bowled best. But then we got sucked into watching the Olympics because it was the the skiing and the half, oh, you know, so all that kind cool. of stuff. Was good. But we're bowling against the first place team, and I mean, some of our people bowled really well, but we kept getting sucked into watching the Olympics. And this one guy says to me, he overhears me talking about how bad Bodie Miller is commentating. He goes, "You mean boring Miller?" He oh, said, "I've been." Good, he said, "That's what everyone is calling him, boring." Miller and I said, "Have you watched a lot?" He said, "I've watched it every night." Really? I said, "What is the other gossip that you've picked up on?" He goes, "There's tension between Johnny Le- Johnny Weir Johnny and Weir? Tara Lipinski." 
there's tension? That's what he oh, thinks. Really? He thinks that maybe Johnny she, is, is she, just a tiny bit... Jealous. Jealous that it's her 20-year anniversary of getting a gold, oh, and people are fawning over her just a tiny bit more. She has more to say. Let's just put it that way, because I do watch it. She actually reads the stuff, is knowledgeable he's, about the background you know, of the skater. he's busy with he's, his outfits. He's working on his bun. Yeah, and his hair and his jewelry and everything, but he, that's what... And he threw a fit when NBC suggested that Adam Rippon, the skater, maybe just help sit in with them a little yeah. bit for the end of the Olympics. He yeah. threw a well, that's Tara it. Lipinski is way better. He just said, I noticed tension. Okay. Between well, those I will two. tell you why as, okay. a, as a watcher. All right. She so actually just having has a bitchy, something to say. He's just having a bitchy flare. I just had a. Because um, he's never won an uh, Olympic medal, I don't think. Google that. that Google checking. that. He, I, is, is he a bronze? Did he win no, a bronze? No, or he was no, just I, a national, U.S. I, national? I don't think that has anything to do no. with it. I think that but she's very, just better at the job than he is. Yeah, yeah. But he was like a fancy skater nope, um, no, in U.S. nationals. He was like on the cusp of something. He okay. was very, very good. Oh, he was good. Yeah. Last night, though, watching the, um, the half-pipe skiers that do what snowboarders just used to do, there was... This kid, yeah, we, yeah. Anyone who watched it, you thought like he broke his neck or broke I his pelvis. He broke, or his, or I thought his leg. he split his body in two yeah. because he landed on the edge, the lip of the half pipe yeah. on the top. We did not eagle. appreciate all the rewinds uh, of Why? showing that. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, I don't really like looking at. Um, I was like, oh, danger, ow, the dangerous ow. things. Well, Donnie, He's we, okay though. Yeah, he was okay. Right. Big, big news happened. I, I don't know if you watched Curling Live this morning. Casey and I got sucked in and saw the men's I think people were team. expecting you to say the yeah. women beat Canada and We're hockey. going to, but we <laughs> got sucked in this morning because it was live. The U.S. men's curling team beating Canada, which is as, uh, to go to the uh, medal round, which is as uh, huge of an upset as the women's hockey team beating the Canadian and I mean that was first time in 20 years yeah uh, that was still playing when I got home at 11 30 and I just didn't have it in me to stay awake I kind of wished I had because it, it looked like it was an so exciting exciting game let's yeah. roll the audio it was a showdown for the ages this is becoming a smash mouth game Canada, who won gold in the last four Winter Olympics, appeared to be on their way to a fifth, up two to one in the final minutes of regulation. Long pass ahead to Monique Lamoureux. Until American Monique Lamoureux broke away. Sending the game to a scoreless overtime. And we are headed for a shootout. And a heart-stopping shootout. Augusta shoots and scores. Zavidas cuts down the angle. In the end, it was another Lamoureux sister, Monique's twin Jocelyn, who stepped up for the U.S. when it mattered most. Moving in on Zavidas, she beats and scores! Lifting Americans to a 3-2 victory. Needs to pull everything together. American David Wise also brought home the gold in the ski halfpipe. After two lackluster runs, Wise stunned the crowd with this final run. Johnny, that's good. That's good. That's yeah. all we need because okay. we don't have time for that. But I didn't, I wanted to see when I turned on the taped Good Morning American mm -hmm. today, I wanted to see, be surprised at who won. Because I didn't know when I went to And the to goalie, Maddie Rooney, yeah. she's a UMD gal. Yeah, yeah, there's Andover, all kinds of Minnesota, uh, Minnesota people on mm -hmm. this team. But Amy Robach told uh, Robin Roberts, because this is her fourth Olympic, she's covered for ABC. Because right. even though NBC has exclusive, everybody covers it. 
And she said it was for her the most exciting moment because to go into overtime, the shootout, she just said it was incredible. It was mm-hmm. just, and it was such a, you know, fast, just. It was a good game. Intense mm-hmm. game. Yeah, of it was a good game. Yeah. Boy, the women yeah. skaters, they could skate. And was, all the bowling guys, after usually we mm-hmm. sit in BS, no, they wanted to watch women's hockey, which made me so happy. They just wanted to not talk and watch hockey, and I just thought, what? You got a great I, rating, by the way. Good. Like, even though it started at 10 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah. That's that's amazing. The Women's Frozen Four, I think, is going on in the Twin Cities at Excel this weekend. So it's like the college, you know, best hockey teams are here. The women's hockey team. Got it, got yeah, it. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, no good. problem. I was like, what? What is that? What is she talking oh, about? Yeah. <laughs> it's just from... an. It's hockey. It's hockey. Thank it's you. Hockey. Thank yeah, you very mm-hmm. much. Yes, yeah, no chicken in the UK, by the way. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my gosh! How about the sponges? Where are the sponges? Anyway, congratulations <laughs> to Team USA Women in Hockey, and those uh, Canadian people were not happy about it. We got to go. It's time for a story. We can't get enough of. Recently, Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us on Thursday. Someone just tweeted me and tweeted you and said the Donna Mills thing is making more and more sense. The fact that I thought a guy was, you know, that was really two guys for eight years. Oh. <laughs> Better 10 years apart, Nate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and one, one, te- one week, one was crabby, kind of, and one week he was really fun and outgoing, and oh I could gosh. never figure it out. Just... By the way, the last time Women's USA Hockey won was in 1998, and I'm yes. so proud of Nuggetal. Team USA, and I know that, you know, A Canada... Lot of Minnesota girls. Can- and Canada loves hockey like America loves fast food, so that we know that this hurts Canada, but yay for the te- these American women. That's really exciting. It was really funny because you watched. Do you need to go have some chiropractor? Because people might be wondering what all these gasps. And did you hear her yipping? I hope that's not your sex sound. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No. Something is happening. I need like on my groin muscle. Well, Julia, stand up and stop sitting. Oh. I mean, you cannot, we cannot do a show with you grimacing and grabbing your crotch for three hours. Oh, I'm not okay. going to be able to, st- no, Donnie, you should see. I don't want to see it. The hysterics. I really don't want to see it. Now the shoes are coming off. Yeah. Hopefully the pants stay yeah, on. She's going to be throwing that shoe at you, no. I think, in a minute. No, I mean, she's like doubling <laughs> oh, over. like pain. I don't know if you're going to cry or scream out loud. Or oh, I don't know how to handle this. This is like well, your. Well, way to publicly shame me, so this is a good one. Well, you know. Well, Julia, you held up your finger like you wanted to talk about it a minute ago. Now you've changed your mind. Calling a drive-by chiropractor. Calling an occupation. Really, just come in here. Calling Dr. Beaver. Remember the the one in California? Oh, my God. That just, you can't make that up to go and get a groin massage from Dr. (laughs) Beaver's on Robertson Street Boulevard (laughs) in Beverly Hills. I mean, it's just couldn't make that up and she and you did point that out to her she said yeah i get a lot of comments she did she did but not by that going with this conversation i don't know who knows okay (laughs) well let's go somewhere with this conversation i i dvr'd it but i didn't have a chance to see it because you and i were both at the bella salon getting some blonde re-blonded and i saw sarah jessica parker was um, with her friend kelly ripper because they are socially friends because they're all bffs with andy cohen yes they are and she is really promoting divorce, divorce because I think it's on the edge of being canceled. I would agree. I, I have four of them sitting there. 
I watched one this year. I've watched three, and I like it. Yeah. I just I like kind of the dark quirkiness of that show. And but she really wants to get a season three because it's now five episodes in, and she's still doing interviews. Right. And I just knew, and Neil Justin was kind of snarky in the TV section. Now, where Ryan Seacrest and Kelly Ripa have the the nerve to settle the question the whole world is wondering what in the hell is going on between no. her and Kim Cattrall. Yeah. Right. It did not come up between these two, but just by happenstance, just go inkadinkily. On the West Coast. On the West Coast, on Good Day LA, Jason Lewis, who played Samantha's hunky toy boy lover, Smith, in Sex in the City, was... Uh, not under instructions or he, his PR, Sarah Jessica said, yeah, go ahead and answer the question. And she told Kelly, don't ask me the question. I mean, that's how the PR game rolls, Jules. Yeah, sure. Here we go. You almost have to expect this. People uh, from Sex and the City remember uh, Smith yes. and uh, uh, Kim Cattrall, Samantha's uh, boyfriend there. So with all this stuff going back and forth in the press about Kim and Sarah Jessica Parker, you were there. Did you have a thought about it? Mm-hmm. Okay. What's your thought about it? Uh, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. All right. But would that, <laughs> would that be directed in any particular direction? Listen, I, I, I would have to say that um, Sarah was always just so lovely and such a, a consummate professional. And I think that people should remember uh, their graciousness and, and the things that have been given to them. And I'm going to stop there. All right, I got I'll, nothing good to say. All right, I'll, <laughs> you know? I'll, I'll, I'll ask you one thing. And people uh, do this sometimes. If there's a Team Sarah or a Team Kim, my sense is you're on Team Sarah. I might just have to say, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. She's what a gracious lady. She was always so good to me. So. All right. And we, were other people not as good to you? Gr Sarah was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Remember when Good Daily was on here? I, loved I love that good show. Daily. It's just kind of I they always too. get some really. They get a lot of Hollywood people, mm -hmm. and if I didn't watch the show, and I kind of wanted to, because it's by Sh uh, Charlene Harris, who did um, the show, the Vampire and Werewolf so show in True Blood. Mm -hmm. It's called Midnight Texas. Right. That's what he's uh, been in that uh, TV series. He plays a guy named Joe Strong. If you're just wondering, well, what has he oh, been doing? And he's got that a good movie renewed. coming out. Yeah, he's got magic a with uh, Heather yeah. Graham and. Um, some other people. Do we Molly know if it's Shannon. good? Is well, it good Molly one? Shannon. It's 2018 release. Molly well, Shannon had yeah, a Yeah, he also has another one called Unzipping. Oh, perfect. Which we can oh. only hope it's in one direction. But, um, well, eventually it's going to Eventually, go you know, he hasn't really, he's just bounced around individual <laughs> yeah, parts. So the Midnight Texas thing, that was like a good thing, getting cast in that. And I'm uh, assuming he was either talking about he's going to be in Volcano isolated victim, or half magic. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find Find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Any of those movies, but yeah, he is totally team Sarah Jessica Parker because he would like to maybe be cast in the movie. Oh, yeah. What did you guys ever make of all of that last week? I mean, it was a lot of, I think one of the big things. When Kim called her cruel and a hypocrite about the the death of her brother and flashback. Sarah Jessica Parker just commented on a big comment while said, so sorry, thinking about you and your family at mm -hmm. this time. And that's when, you know, Kim Cattrall like lashed out at her. Um, You have... My mom and I keep wondering why you're obsessed with us. You, no, the mom posted a thing. Why does Sarah Jessica, Jessica, why is she obsessed with you? Why does she keep commenting when you guys aren't even friends? Right. And then Kim Cattrall says, we are not friends. We never were friends, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then SJP was coincidentally on the cover of People magazine when this was all going down. Oh. And she said she has a right to her own opinion. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. Yeah. And um, well, I hope she didn't say I'm sorry. She didn't say I'm that, sorry, that but she, she said right she has a right to her own opinion. And then we were going back and forth. And I think one of the touchy things was at one point, Kim Cattrall wanted them to approach HBO for Sex and the City to get everybody to get equal play. Agree 100%. That's and, a smart And they way never to do did it. it. And they Sarah Jessica Parker made so much more than those yeah. other women. And I would be upset about that. I would be too. So I got Kim Cattrall's yeah. position on that yeah. one. And the other two, Kristen Davis and. They um, were fine. They were fine with it, I guess. But I would have been upset by that because yeah, it because was a great opportunity because the friends had already just happened. All for one. It, one yeah, for all. the friends yeah. thing. The and friends, look at those right, guys yeah. did it. And there were seven of them. Yeah, or I, I would yeah. have. I really could see Kim Cattrall wanting. Well, Sarah Jessica, she wants to be thought of as a nice girl so she's worked overtime to get her message out there but i also think she is a nice girl i I think that she is and Mm -hmm. she was very nice to us but that wasn't nice to not think of everyone being equal and also who got naked all the time was and it was the sassiest storyline and who turned down that role because she didn't want to be naked the whole time yeah Mm -hmm. and you know sarah jessica never did People were more SJP, I've got to be honest. People are way more SJP. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. There you go. Well, we'll be back. We've got a really amazing author on Christopher Yates joining us for Gris Mill Road. My Talk 1071. Everything. You're going to Hollywood. Entertainment. Hey, everybody. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're waiting to get a hold of uh, Christopher J. Yates. Yes. I'm trying to find him on Twitter. And he's an author who's not on Twitter, Jules. He isn't. He's got a website. Yeah, I know. He, this is another great book, Grist Mill Road. You might have read his first book, We Did Not Black no. Chalk, but um, it's a suspense thriller. Mm-hmm. And um, this was the book I read on the plane oh. to Honolulu. You can't put it down. I didn't have to because that flight was eight Eight hours hours and 45 minutes. Oh, I remember how long that flight is. Yeah, so it was like so good to like just have a book that you just kept wanting to turn the page except for the couple times when, you know, you just had to get up. When you had to get up and stretch your legs out a little bit? Maybe take a whiz. Did you fly first class? No, economy economy comfort. Economy comfort. I just, I, I, um, I don't, I just, yeah, I don't have enough miles that I want to redeem, like the number of miles to it get upgraded. Take, yes. Yeah, that would so, be a lot of them. Even though, I always hope that 
you know, there's an empty seat and I might get upgraded or somebody just says, Lori, I love your Julia show. Come sit up front. Remember? That remember, would be so nice. Remember that happened the one time with Mark oh, the mechanic? Yeah. They just called on one of our first. Is there a Lori, Lori and Julia on this? I think it was still Northwest. Mm-hmm. We, we've got seats up front for you, ladies. Oh, oh those was... were the days. Those <laughs> were the days. Well, um, there's a. Donnie's trying to get it. I know. There's a new them. lawsuit out. So, Oscar contender Shape of Water is being accused of ripping off a 1969 play. Isn't it basically a modern retelling of Beauty and the Beast? Well, that's a sci-fi <laughs> flair. <laughs> Everything I picked up on that movie is I'm like, so it's Beauty and the Beast with a sci-fi twist. Right. Here's what, you know, because it's leading the Oscar nominations with um, 13 um, nominations. And the Academy Awards are just a week from this Sunday on March 4th. And apparently the lawsuit was filed um, alleging that its fantastical plot about a romance between a cleaning woman and a mysterious river creature was lifted directly from American stage play. The lawsuit filed in federal court in Los Angeles alleged director Guillermo del Toro, producer Daniel Cross and movie studio Fox Searchlight brazenly copies the story elements, characters and theme by a play in night from 1969 by the late Paul Zendel. So who knows? No, it's Beauty and the Beast with a sci-fi twist. So this guy doesn't have a chance anyway. You don't think so? No, but here's the breaking news. Lisa Marie Presley is offering an explanation about why she's in debt and why she did. She sold 85% of Elvis Presley Enterprises for only $100 million. Why did she? Her manager, Barry Siegel... Uh, talked her into it that that would be the most that she could get. Then he took the $100 million and invested it (gasps) in a company called Core Entertainment, which was the parent company of American Idol. And 2005 was the heyday for American Idol. And then Core went belly up and her stock plummeted and she lost $25 million just on the stock alone. And... um, She's suing him for more than $100 million. Does he have any money? Well, maybe. Who knows? But right, we, we've got Christopher. Do we have oh, Christopher? We yeah, go ahead. Christopher's with us. Oh, Christopher, okay. we were just talking about you before we were talking about Lisa Marie Presley. How the heck are you? <laughs> I am fantastic. How are you two? We're we great. are good. Um, we loved reading Gristmill Road. I was lucky to read it in one sitting on a plane going to Honolulu. So it was so great because it's such a page turner. It really is. And this is your second novel, Gristmill Road. If you could give people a setup of the story, because we know you can do it better than we can. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but I'll give it a try. Okay. Um, so the idea of the novel is basically it opens with a fairly dark uh, violent crime. Mm-hmm. Um, two boys are in the mountains of New York. It's 1982. And uh, they have a girl tied to a tree. And unfortunately, one of the boys starts shooting her with a Red Rider BB gun. Um, so everything kind of flows out of this horrible, terrible event that happens in the... And it's so interesting, after. you know, Christopher, the storytelling device that you're using with, you know, how everybody sees something differently, even something as traumatic as this, and just sort of, I mean, I kept gasping. I know. I I was like, what? I just, it was, I I just, it was really, really good. Oh, that's great. Well, that was kind of the desired effect. And yeah, you're right. So 
I mentioned those three people in the opening chapter. We hear from each of them in turn, first from a boy who was standing by and does nothing and feels like a coward for the rest of his life, and then from the girl, and then finally from the shooter when we kind of find out what really happened leading up to this terrible, horrible event. Yeah, and it, it, to me, it just, I'm just thinking, and I don't know, now this is gossip that we just read, you know, like on Instagram, Christopher, that Salma Blair had read this book, and she's like, I'm wondering if Reese Witherspoon has optioned this, because I could see this, like, being, and Julia and I talked about it, like, an eight-episode, like, Big Little Lies, like, that the story could be told that way, and we're wondering if there's any truth to that rumor. Well, that would be fantastic if it were entirely true. Um, and suddenly you're right, Reese was discussing Grissom Road with her buddy, Selma Blair. Uh, but I don't have anything signed in blood. Okay, um, okay. Although I hear there's still plenty of interest out there in Hollywood land, so uh, fingers crossed that it gets turned into something fantastic. Could you yeah. see that happening? Sorry, Julia. Could you see that happening? I mean, would you? can you see that in your mind? I'd, I'd certainly love to see it happening. I mean, I I think and hope it would be very filmable. Um, but at the end of the day, I try not to pay too much attention because I think it could drive yourself mad if yeah. you concerned yourself too much with the machinations of a movie, movie studios and TV people. Right. Christopher, what do people... Okay, so the story... I mean, I think it, it gripped you with the opening line, what does it mean to watch when a crime pl- takes place in front of you and you watch and you don't do anything? I mean, just... Having, you know, going and thinking that in your own life, what does it mean? I mean, it was just such a compelling opening. And the story, how it weaves back and forth, I I just hated what happened to one of the characters, personally. I mean, but it's just how lying and t- lying, secrets, the lies secrets, and secrets yeah. over all the years just burn up people. I mean, and it happens all the time. That It's just such a great read. You did a great job with this. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if that line, kind of, what does it mean to stand by and watch comes from my background as a lawyer, which, uh, you know, I actually trained as a lawyer, and these are the kind of questions we were asked, kind of, is it a crime to stand by and watch someone drowning? So, uh, Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I never became a lawyer, but perhaps some of it came in useful eventually. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting perspective of some of the questions that I'm sure you would be asked going through school. Did you... Do you think that, um, you know, when you're out and about doing your book readings and everything, because you have been in everything as the top read, Entertainment Weekly, People, New York Times gave you a great review. Have you, have people had a certain question that they just wanted to know more about a character or anything like that? Um, I think, yeah, I think people mostly want to know if it comes from my actual um, experience. And certainly there's a, there's a scene in the opening chapter which I wrote almost word and word for word from my childhood, which is a scene where, um, well, what happened to me was when I was 10 years old, my neighbor and I went into the woods and built a spear together. And when we'd finished building the spear, my neighbor looked at me and he said, run. <gasps> and then he said it louder because I was frozen to the spot. He screamed, run. Uh, so I ran as fast as I can and I, knew he'd thrown this spear at me because I could hear it kind of whistling through the air and it hit me in the back of the leg and probably I should have turned around and thrown it straight back at him. Yeah. But I didn't. And just like the character of Patrick in the book, I was kind of weak in that moment. Um, my neighbor was kind of malicious and, and strong. And 
So the opening incident, the opening crime, kind of comes from me taking it one step further than than that spear incident that really happened to me. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That and that was just like such a run. I mean, and you were so young, twelve years old. Yeah, yeah. I was actually. That's um, the kind of thing. I was actually ten. I mean, can't you see that happening? You're building forts. You're playing games. You're doing. I mean, you can see where the how that can. You're I trying can't. to scare each other. Oh my! I had friends, and we built forts, and we were always imagining. No, just like the place, and no one ever actually did that. But you can see, particularly. I'm sorry, but with boys, there will be a boy who's meaner than the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what I did when I was a kid. And it was interesting to me writing it. You know, setting it in 1982 because I'm not sure children do this anymore. So I liked the kind of contrast between, you know, what perhaps our childhoods were like mm-hmm. at uh, childhoods nowadays where, you know, maybe it's a good thing if children end up not throwing spears at each other. <laughs> I have never heard of anyone I know doing this, so yeah. But I mean, the yeah. whole the going out in the woods, riding your bike, slingshots, you know, the yeah. I, I think kind of, I, I really liked that. The, you know, the innocence of the friendships and then as people get into puberty and I, all of that, I thought it was just, that was really a sweet spot in the book and in the storytelling. Yeah, well, thank you. That that was that was really straight out of my childhood. Even though my childhood was in, uh, you may have noticed, I don't have an American accent. Right, so right. My it's... childhood was in England, but I pretty much use my own experience and try to reimagine it with an American childhood. Yeah, I mean... It's, it's a great book. Chris Millworld, we're talking with Christopher, the author, and it's just such a great book. Where fingers are crossed, it's somebody... I mean, we'd love to see it on HBO or Netflix or something. It would be a great eight-episode series, and it's uh, one of our recommended... If you're uh, going on a trip and... You just need a great book. Grismel Road is your book. Christopher, thank you wait, for being wait, with us. Wait, wait, before you go, you have oh, to wait. tell us the last great book that you read. The last great book that I read is uh, Lincoln and the Bardo. Oh, you're not the first author to tell. Is it really that no, good? Is it, it that really, good? It really is, yeah. Okay. He invents his own language and his own his own world, really. It's, it's a kind of stunning work of fiction. All right. Well, it's been delightful to talk to you. We yes. love your accent, and uh, just thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. We've got bye-bye. a couple copies to give away, 651-641-1071. Did I just say bye-bye? You did. And he said bye-bye back. I know. That's darling. I, he, well, he was darling, and I'm telling you guys, this is a great book. <sighs> All uh-huh. right. Listen, we come back. Uh, Oprah was on Ellen, everybody. Oprah. We are proud. What about us, Julia? What about us? How are we going to get Reese Witherspoon to make Gris Mill Road into a miniseries? Sounds like it'd be really good. Yeah. Did you read this book, Danny? I haven't had a chance to yet. It's... it's, I think I liked it a little bit more than you did because I was able to read it in one sit down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, like, when you can throw yourself into a book, I, I was trapped in an aluminum tube going That's over right. the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> no stopping. And so I, and I, I don't know, you know, I, sometimes I don't want to just sit and mindlessly watch movies or oh. TV shows because I do that enough at home. Right. And so the luxury is just to read that book. So I just kept. <gasps> I went through it pretty quickly. I guess I just wanted a different ending. Yeah. You Julia, know? didn't you say it, it took him 10 years to get this published? Yes. 
I thought I heard you say that. He he had a big hit with his first Black book. Talk. Black Talk. Oh, yeah. His first book was a Black big, big seller. Okay. Yeah. He's he was an interesting he's, guy. He's a former yeah. he used to do puzzle. He's a puzzle editor. Yes. Oh, for a big newspaper. And across the pond. Yeah. And he yeah. trained as a lawyer, but he never did it. He married an American woman who had a great job. Yeah, amazing. And he now is a chef, yeah. kind of part-time at home. He's darling. He, he was darling. Yeah. I'm Bradley Trainer. And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Yeah, as, as a psychological thriller, that one was uh, something else. Okay, so Oprah. Oprah was on Ellen. And, you know, she's been like really... Having some good guests on. Bill Gates was on yesterday. She did the grocery shopping game. He doesn't know what anything costs. Oh, that's hysterical. And like from Prices, right? Yes, oh, yes. Funny. He knows what nothing yes, costs. Yes. Because yeah. when's the last of time course. Bill Gates ever went to a grocery yeah, store? Exactly. Years and years. So Oprah was on Ellen. And it was a really pretty pretty fun show. Let's uh, uh, play the one we have where she talks about going to Ellen's 60th birthday party. May I just say, I'm not one to name drop, but Ellen's birthday party was the, I can't remember in my life having that much fun. And the truth is- In your life. In my life. Well. In my life. It was a good party. It was a good party. And, and the truth is, people who know me know that, you know, I like to sit at home. A big night for me is, you know, putting some pine cones on the fire, watching them crackle, having a, <laughs> having a nice book to read, you know, with the dogs curled up. What was it that made it so great? It was a great energy. It was a great group of people. It was a great mix of people. Yeah. Different people. That's what makes it great. But I had one of these moments. I'm embarrassed. I said to Matt backstage, I was embarrassed to even say. So I don't, I don't get out much. I really don't, you know, I'm, I'm a homebody. Yeah. So there are so many famous people at this party. So when I was doing my show, famous people came on and they look like themselves. Right. At your party, they're all disguised. They're like, are looking like they normally do. So this guy passes by and he's like, I can say, I can see that he really, he said, hey, how you doing? I go, hey, how you doing? You know, it's like, hey, how you doing? And then he comes back. He's like, really, what's going on? I go, what's going on with you? Okay, so I'm standing there and I'm talking to The Weeknd, who I didn't know who he was before, right. because he cut his hair. And Gail goes, oh, that, you're talking to The Weeknd. Oh, that's The Weeknd? He cut his hair. And he's wearing a baseball cap. So this guy comes back, honest, it's a, it's a true story. And so I'm thinking, I know it's somebody. I know it's somebody. Who is it? I know it's somebody. Is it Justin Timberlake? I don't think it's Justin Timberlake. So The Weeknd says to him, hey, man, I really love that I film you did. I don't think it's Justin Timberlake. And he says, no. That wasn't a good film for me. I, that was my favorite film. And I go, so what was your favorite film? <laughs> Smart. So what was your favorite? And he says, The Aviator. And I go, Leonardo, you're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> good way to find out. Oh, oh, that is so funny. My gosh. But you yeah. can see how it happens to everybody. Who is yeah. this person? Then you start asking questions to try to place them in the right yeah. silo so you can figure out who they are. And she was, uh, uh, the Ellen um, had Tiffany Haddish come out. She didn't know that she thought Tiffany was just coming on to do a cooking segment with Ellen. And okay. she didn't realize that Oprah was there. And I mean, like she full on like ugly cried. She was like... So just 
amazed and delighted that she was meeting Oprah. What did, oh. I mean, and then they all did her just joyful greens uh, cooking thing at the end of the episode. And then her Wrinkle in Time co-star uh, Reese came on and they did a little game between Ellen and Reese. Who knows Oprah better? And How fun. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so it was just like, yeah, it was uh, Oprah gives good couch, man. Whatever side of the couch she's on, we know that. She, she really but does. She was, she was delightful. And Ellen did ask her about... You know, the Donald Trump tweeting about her being insincere or whatever. And insecure. She's insecure. Too insecure. insecure to run. And she's like, I don't give any negativity, any power by even talking about it. Good for her. So what a just, great answer. That's I, like, that's so good. Never complain, good. never explain yeah. or use that one. Yep. That's a great answer. I, I don't answer. give any negativity. Uh-uh. So, and that was a great story about the birthday party. Oh, can yeah. you imagine? Because he probably had a hat on, a baseball hat. And he just looks like a, a bomb kind of. Kind of, yeah. Like, schleppy. He always looks kind of schleppy. In his in regular his, life. Yeah. They were, yeah, in the real. Is that a new word, schleppy? Schleppy, It's yeah. like schlubby and sloppy. It, well, or. <laughs> schlubby and scruffy. Yeah. Okay. Schleppin. Schleppy. Yeah, schlubbin. Like anyway, uh, so Tiffany, has she couldn't. Well, she's going to also host the MTV Movie Awards. They always, I remember when Rebel Wilson was the up and coming oh, and they yeah. gave it to her. She hosted it a few years ago, yeah. maybe it, three it, years ago. It wasn't but she has, very good. No, I she think has, Tiffany will be good. I think so, but no one watches them anymore, really, because that is like a dying award show. Of all the award shows, this one is a dying one, but she's also going to star in a TBS sitcom. And I don't know when it's going to be out, The Last OG. No, it's HBO. I thought. Oh, it says Haddish is set to star opposite Tracy Morgan in the oh, TBS okay. sitcom The Last OG. Um, so I don't even know what that's about. April third. Oh, okay, on TBS. At TBS at nine thirty. Okay, uh, and she's got a development deal with HBO and a Kevin Hart movie. Yes, yes, she's got a lot coming out. So it's, she does. You know. It's a good time to be Tiffany Haddish. She's, she's going to be at the Oscars. Remember when she bought the beautiful white dress and she wore it to everything? Because she said, I spent so much money on this white gown. I'm going to yeah. wear it to all the award shows. Yeah. Anything I go to? No, she was ugly crying so hard meeting Aww. Oprah. And Oprah had some new um, uh, glasses on that had a big white frame. You remember she's been yes. wearing the big black yes. uh, frames. This was uh, white and it really went great with her outfit. <laughs> She's so, she's gorgeous. Yeah, she's having, Oprah's having fun being yeah, Oprah. Yeah, I know? think so too. Um, I looked for her in Hawaii, but um, she's on Maui and it oh. wasn't on that island. Okay, so let me ask you this though, because mm-hmm. that was something I was thinking about. So you usually go to Ma- Maui. Not usually. I don't have any, the only island I avoid like the plague. Is which is No, is Kauai. Kauai. Why? Well, I've been there several times. Yep. And it's just, it it doesn't... It doesn't hold you. Yeah. I've never been to Maui. Oh, Maui is fantastic. I mean, but between the Big Island and Maui, if you had to choose which one you like Well, best, it depends on what you want to do. Okay. It depends on what you want to do. So you tell me three things that are important All right, important if you want to lay in the sun, relax, and eat good food. Well, you can go to any of the islands <laughs> to do that one. Yeah. yeah. Privacy. Uh, um, then maybe the big island. Okay. Maui is busier. Mm-hmm. Maui has, uh, if you're up in Kaanapali, Nepali, Mahana, Kapalua, you're close to Lahaina and there's n- nightlife and music. Okay. If you stay down in the Kihei side of the island of Maui, it's a 45 minute treacherous drive back in the dark, dark, dark. I remember, didn't you do that? Or well, we I, read a book done where it. someone 
Yeah, we had, but, we had a book. Yeah. Uh, there's not street lamps uh, in yeah. Hawaii along on the freeway. It's very, very dark very at dark. night. Mm-hmm. and Travel so, by day. Well, travel by day, and you could have Uber and stuff, but you would spend a lot of money because it is 45 minutes away. So you step in the Kahanapali okay. area. So. Or, of course, you know, contact a travel agent. I would say so. Travel and leaders, Sandia, and they would be as knowledgeable Sandia as Riverside moi. Travel was just advertising on our station. She's excellent. She is excellent. All right, listen, we will be right back. We've got fact or fiction coming up. Oh, dear. Bread and beer. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.